Good morning from Geneva. It's a hot day on Sunday, the 9th of July, 2023. And I'm in the center of the city, close to the old town and the famous Saint-Pierre Cathedral. This is where our next circle show is happening tomorrow. We'll have an audience of one and a half thousand people moving to groovy, funky and disco sounds, carefully selected by the one and only Folamour. We are psyched! But we have 36 hours until this magical performance takes place and we're not going to hang about. We're spending the next couple of days immersing ourselves in the stories of this special place. This is Ecosystem by Cercle, Episode 3, Geneva, Switzerland. We are standing on more than 2,000 years of history. Under our feet, there are four more ancient cathedrals. I'm really excited. It's really fun because it's in front of the cathedral. Protestant one now, Calvin will not really be happy. There's an image you associate with Geneva, but actually the real Geneva is very alternative. It's uh, really culture-based. There are more nationalities here than anywhere else in Europe. Everyone is different and it makes you embrace your culture, your religion. I'm really connected to Tunisia. My roots, I try to mix specific type of Afro house with North African melodies and drums. People are really open-minded. They like to party until late. There's a contrast between people and the politics. Geneva was the most squatted city in Europe in the late 80s, early 90s. So that's also where we're from. Kind of punk. Our political system is very complicated. We have to vote every month. We have the chance to decide almost everything in Switzerland. In this podcast, we'll get a glimpse into what this city surrounded by the Alps and Jura Mountains is really about. Beyond its reputation for wealth and luxury, Hopefully you'll be pleasantly surprised. Right, I'm in Place du Rhône by Lake Geneva, looking at its huge fountain, pumping water high into the air. I'm waiting for Luca, part-time manager of the music collective Ozadia, part-time social worker, and our companion throughout this episode. Our mode of transport of choice is a motorbike. Hey Luca, how's it going, man? What's up? Good. Good, man, good. Welcome to Geneva. It's good to be here. There's a lot of expensive shops around here. Yeah, we are at La Rue du Rhône, as we call it, uh, La Rue des Riches, the street of the rich people, because of the luxury shops. All right, more chat with Luca in a bit. Let's crack on. First things first, and the obvious place to start, the location where we're dancing tomorrow. So I'm standing in front of Saint-Pierre Cathedral. You can hear some setup happening in the background. And I've come to meet somewhat of an authority on this magnificent place in the middle of Geneva's old town. My name is Timothy Punitz. I'm an archaeologist. I worked in Greece, in Italy, and I work as well in Geneva on the cathedral, the archaeological site, and several museums as well. How big is this place? Around 90 meters length and uh, 17 meters high. It's not the highest monument in Geneva, actually. The water jet in the lake, yes. at full power, it's higher than the cathedral. <laughs> We're on a hill here. Yes, exactly. This is the St. Peter's Hill. We are standing on more than 2,000 years of history. So uh, it was an oppidum, and then it became a Roman town 52 before Christ, because we know that Julius Caesar went to Geneva at this time. Uh, not to go to the bank or to buy a watch, of course, but uh, for military reason. Shall we go inside? Yeah, sure. <coughs> this cathedral was built between the 12th and 13th century. Under our feet, there are four more ancient cathedrals than this one. This one in front of us is the fifth cathedral of Geneva. The door is huge. It should be around, I think, six meters. Massive columns at the front. I'm going to say about ten times my size, at least. <laughs> These six columns are inspired by the Pantheon in Rome. Wow, wow, wow. We are now inside and, well, there isn't much color. Every time I enter, especially in summer when outside it's so colorful, so bright, you enter in the cathedral and it's gray. You, you only see the stone. The only patch of colors are the windows because until the 16th century, this cathedral was a Catholic cathedral. So mm. you have to imagine all the columns, all the walls, on the sculpture at the top of the columns, everything was paint, color everywhere. But in 1535, Geneva became Protestant, so a change of religion. And for some Protestants, you don't need the picture. 
a church, a cathedral, is only meant to pray. And so they destroyed all the color, all the picture. And they only left what couldn't be destroyed or what was too expensive to destroy. <laughs> if we go to the chapel next to it, the control room, it's a reconstruction full of color. It's in this cosy little colorful room that the uh, circle control room is where people will set up all the screens and do all the vision mixing later on. Here in this chapel, they found remains of the paint. So they used the small traces of color that survived the crisis of the 16th century to create something new. And now, of course, there are pieces of the life of Jesus, so of the ancient and New Testament, but we also have part of the history of Geneva. There is the, the flag of the Holy German Empire. It's a, a black eagle with two heads, because at the time when this cathedral was built, Geneva wasn't part yet of Switzerland. And under the flag, there is a Latin inscription, Post Tenebras Lux, that means more or less, after the darkness of the Catholicism time, the light of the Protestant time. <laughs> and for me, yeah, of course, uh, since I'm an archaeologist, well, the most interesting part is what's under our feet. Let's go see what's under our feet then. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go down some stairs. Wow, wow, wow. We're walking past ancient remains. In this archaeological site, there are four cathedrals. The first one is just next to us, built around the 3rd, 4th century, when Geneva became a kiwitas, that means in Latin, the capital of the region. And at the same time, the Roman Empire became Christian. And a bishop was installed in Geneva. If there is a bishop, there is a cathedral, because a cathedral is a church where a bishop works. We can see remains of the lower part of the door, but there are almost no remains of the walls. They are only 50 centimeters high. If you don't have the explanation on this archaeological site, it's a little bit like a maze. Yes, it must be so complicated to even work out. How do you know that what you think is right actually is right? Well... We are never 100% sure, of course. Maybe in a few years we find something and we have to, to reconsider everything. But the first rule in archaeology is the deeper you go, the more ancient the remains are. Of course, there are tricks and, and traps sometimes. Archaeologists also have to rely on the item that they find. And what you find a lot are pottery. The way of creating pottery, the decoration, the technology used, etc. evolved. And we know for each period, even if it's broken, archaeologists rely a lot on pottery shirts. Amazing. The last remains here are uh, 12th century, so three centuries younger than the time when Geneva became Protestant. A central point of the history. Geneva became a harbor for the Protestant people from France, from Germany. They would be hunted and persecuted because of their religion. And some of them were bankers, some of them were watchmakers. They came to Geneva with all the knowledge. We still see uh, the heritage today. Geneva is still well known for uh, banks, for the watchmaking industry as well. It shows a parallel what we are living today. People are coming from, uh, from different countries because of the war, because of the religion, etc. Maybe they will bring something, then in a few years, in a few decades, century, well, we will be recognized, maybe in the Geneva of the future, uh, there will be something new that uh, has been brought by people coming from other parts of the globe. What a way to end, eh? Beautiful. Can't wait for tomorrow, it's going to be a vibe. Enough history for now, though. We're leaving the old city to explore the Geneva of today. Starting off with where it all began for Ozadia, Luca's music collective. We are in a neighborhood called Les Grottes, just next to the main train station of Geneva, Cornavin. This is the place that we used to do our first meetings when we started in 2016. Bit of graffiti and a big statue of a she human cat. Well, it looks like Catwoman, <laughs> I was going to say that, yeah. With her fist in the air. And it's surrounded by all those quite traditional, very French-looking mm -hmm. buildings. You'd see some of those in Paris, five floors high. And then we've got some sort of more concrete block building. It's really typical here. It's a really uh, militant neighborhood. 
with a lot of cultural things happening. Is it quite a militant city? I think there's a lot of people that are militant, really involved in political cases, ecology, or uh, depending on what they stand for. But it's uh, really, really diverse in Geneva. For example, when we were kids in school, everybody has different origins. It was really rare to have like more than two or three people that are only Swiss. When someone told us I'm only Swiss, we were like, what? Really? Are you serious? <laughs> Because, yeah, it's really mixed here. What about you? My father is a Romanian, my mom is French. Do you think that's kind of influenced what you're doing with Ozadia? Totally. Everyone has their own background in the crew, so they are using their roots to play music, to produce, for example, mixing like Arabic sounds with some Afro percussions and bilefunk percussions. It's always in the center of what we do. It was difficult to have the trust of the clubs because it was a bit new, but uh, the public uh, always liked this. People are really open-minded. They are here to enjoy. They like to party. They like to party until late. If we can finish at 10 a.m., we finish at 10 a.m. <laughs> Personally, I go home, but uh, I don't know. There's a, a bit of the contrast between the... Um, people and the politics of Geneva. So the, is it difficult to run something like this in a place like Geneva? Uh, there is some difficulties. I think the first one is uh, economy. We don't make enough money. Yeah. <laughs> Here you have the, a lot to pay. So uh, that's kind of uh, problematic because we cannot grow uh, enough fast as we want. In this place, in this kind of blocks, It's a squat. There are some people living here. A squat is an unoccupied building which is occupied illegally. The one we're walking past is a three-story wooden storage facility, roughly the size of a tennis court. In most cases, people live in a squat. In other cases, they become a space for alternative culture. It's a well-known phenomenon all around Europe. It used to be a big, big, big thing in Geneva, big squat culture. Like the emerge of uh, rap music in Geneva was in that area. But then uh, they were all shut down by the government. We're just walking over the Rhone River on what you could maybe call a little island in the middle of the city. We are going to Bongojo Records to see Quentin, who is working uh, for uh, this company. Hello, Quentin. Hey, nice, to nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Coffees, three espressos. Yes, perfect, perfect. Thank you. It's a record shop, it's also a venue, concert or DJ sets or like conferences and stuff. Also a bar where you can drink like good coffee at fair price. It's also the headquarter of our label, dedicated to our local Geneva-based scene, but also some artists from all around the world. It's more than a place, let's say. <laughs> Why do you say fair price? <laughs> Switzerland is maybe the most expensive country in the world, and Geneva is one of the top three most expensive cities in the world. So it's very complicated to be in the center of town and having like a fair price for everything, you know. But it's also political. We are surrounded by banks, big companies that negotiate petrol or stuff like this. And we want to keep our soul, and also it's very important for us like to stay like in this alternative cultural scene in terms of affordability and inclusion. You walk in, you have the bar area, there's like a little stage, and then we have big shelves that look a little bit like scaffoldings, about five meters high maybe, we've got records on them, but in the entrance you've got plants falling down, really lush. It's like a mixture of industrial and colorful plants, colorful records, and it's a very cool building. It's a historical building, 19th century something. It was a market. First a meat market, it was like the slaughterhouse. That's why we are on the river. They were like cutting meat and so all the blood could go directly to the river. So in terms of vibe and karma, maybe it has a bad karma there, but I think we repaired it. <laughs> right now, the buildings are owned by the city. That's also why we are here, because it's affordable. We are just next to the most important building in town, it's Lusine, the place of many collectives and venues and the heart of the alternative cultural scene in, in Geneva. And we are all connected. So How many records do we have? We are around like 30,000 records. 
Our local scene is very important. We have like a huge selection of Geneva-based band and overseas, let's say. We have everything. <laughs> Can you play us some records? Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's find... This is just released three months ago. It's from an artist called Peko Jean. I think it symbolized what Geneva is, you know. It's a city of immigration. Many communities there, many diasporas, and also like many different music, you know. Really something we are proud of. You can go from a punk concert directly to a club to listen to techno or synthwave, weird stuff. And then just after you go to a DJ set played by someone who plays only like Middle Eastern music. This is Geneva and Pekojin is from Tunisian background, does this kind of Maghrebi electronic music. Very clubby and very inspiring. I could hear some protesting sounds in that record. Yeah, definitely. So Pekojin is also like very political. This album is built in like two phases. One phase is mostly about the Arabian Spring and the revolution in Tunisia. And the other side is kind of a perspective for the future. Why Bongo Joe? There's a little story behind that, isn't there? Actually, Bongo Joe was a guy, black Texan musician doing in the late 50s proto-rapping on drums, those kind of barrels, and was kind of in between spoken word and singing. And as he was kind of well-known in town, few labels wanted to release his music, and he always said, no, I want to stay in the streets, that's where I belong, and that's what I want to do. Do-it-yourself, free-spirit guy, kind of punk, you know, and that's also was the spirit when they opened Bongo Joe, and they asked the family if they had the right to use the name. It's a black musician, most of the crew is white, and is it very like something to have your store named by a black musician from Houston, Texas? We said, okay, we keep the name, but we really need to pay homage to this guy. The shop is turning 10, and so we are working on a nice plate with an explanation and a picture. Let's go through some more records. Oh, we have so many stuff. You can listen to this one. It's a band called Alice, it's a choir. Three girls singing, always with this kind of weird Fafisa vibe, you know, organ or like cheap scenes sometimes. Poetry and absurd poetry in a certain way, it's just also fun. It shows the diversity of her scene, you know. The vinyl cover, it looks very weird. A bird standing up with long legs, wearing the feathers a little bit like a dress. Yeah. And then the legs look kind of human. And then the head of the bird, which is red at the top. And it says L'Oiseau Magnifique, which is the, the beautiful bird. And then at the back, we've got the trio yeah. of ladies. But, but instead of a nose, they kind of had a, a bird beak. Exactly. It's very bird-influenced album, no? Let's have a listen. <laughs> la fête est nulle, la fête est nulle. Tout le monde est mal dans sa peau. Tout le monde fait tellement d'efforts pour que la fête soit nulle. Et tout le monde y arrive bien, bien. Translated, it's the party is shit. Yeah, I mean, it's also about this kind of obligation to party. You feel like, oh, it's the weekend, I need to, I have to party, you know, I must party. And that sometimes it's just absurd and you better go home, you know, especially if the party is very bad. <laughs> is there really something special happening here? Definitely. It's also like an heritage, you know, because Geneva was the most squatted city in Europe in the late 80s, early 90s. So that's also where we're from. And then there were a very backlash in the um, late 90s, early 2000s. All squads closed. It was a lot of struggle, you know, like the old punks didn't want to reopen stuff and maybe the new generation was not ready to start new project. And so it took time and now a new scene re-emerged if we want to exist, we have to build up this solidarity in between everybody, you know. Everybody feels like they're belonging to the same thing. It's very funny, sometimes you go in a party and like, wow, you're here, but uh, you're a rapper, what are you doing in that, this weird like techno party? It's that. It's always about music and always about like music lovers, you know. Give me something else from Bongo Joe. This is Hypercult. Let's say OGs. <laughs> they were in so many projects in the scene. They symbolize like this squat era. It has this kind of crowdy, punky vibe. <laughs> That's also where maybe we are all from, you know. 
it's always all about community. Creating something that has a meaning, not just like selling coffees or just selling records. I can't be prouder of this. Love this place. If you're ever in Geneva, make sure you go and say hi. And give Quentin a big hug for us. All right, we're off for a stroll around an interesting neighborhood called Le Bain des Paquis. We arrive at uh, Place de la Navigation. This is a kind of a central place. We pass near Rue de Berne, streets really known uh, for prostitution and drug dealings. So this is one side of Paquis. On our right, you're next to the lake. Uh, you have all the luxury hotels. And if you continue on the side, uh, more uh, normal place where the people live. Paki is a really good place to show different worlds coexisting in Geneva. We are going to meet Sofia, who is living in the neighborhood. I'm 26 years old, Swiss Algerian, and I'm a project officer in an international organization. What am I likely to experience here if I come here for the first time? What does Paki look like, sound like, smell like? It's a dynamic, chaotic, but exceptional neighborhood. People are noisy, people are loud. It smells good because we're next to the lake. It smells weed sometimes. Yeah. It smells shisha a lot. And the food smells. Here in Nepaki, whatever you want to eat, you find it. All countries, all type of food. There are more nationalities here than anywhere else, like in Europe, more specifically because of the UN. I'm from what we say, like um, immigrant background. My father is from Algeria. My mom is uh, French-Algerian. I was born and raised here. I feel Swiss, of course, but here everyone is different and it makes you embrace your culture, your religion. Are there any challenges in this neighborhood? There is a lot of disparity here in this neighborhood because it's not a big one, but it's really divided within two different entities, mixing both working class people as well as, let's say, wealthier people. And it's also this special thing with all the illegal stuff that happened from prostitutes to drugs. You don't see this anywhere else in Geneva. And it's just one street away. But I would say that there is still a good cohabitation. People used to say, OK, Les Paquets, dangerous neighborhood. Maybe when I was younger, I used to feel a little bit unsafe. But I realized growing up that maybe people that I thought could do dangerous stuff were my friends or the friends of my friends. As a neighborhood, there are a lot of uh, associations and places where you are most welcome to go. And I think it brings the neighborhood together, which allows also to better live together, I would say. And this is the sound of a red Ferrari that's just uh, come past. Different words. <laughs> and that is probably what people will know about Geneva, the luxury. How does it feel for someone like you who lives in a totally different world in Geneva? People would always think you're Swiss, you have money, you wear nice watches and you eat chocolate. That's a little bit the image and that's a little bit tough to change. My parents didn't have everything. I mean, they fought for what they currently have. So it's always important to convey this message that it's not because you live in Geneva that you are wealthy. Yeah, it's a bit annoying sometimes, I'd say. I can imagine. For me, man, it's kind of frustrating sometimes because like you see the money but you don't touch it. <laughs> it's almost like a myth because I know that it exists but I don't see it. And uh, I think for the young people here it's also sometimes a problem because when I speak with them, what you want to do in life? I want to be rich but I don't know how. They just see they want to have access but they don't have. It's like a closed circle. As a social worker, you must come across young people who have no knowledge of certain parts of the city, right? Yeah, yeah. When I was working not far away from the lake, we were uh, going to the lake with some girls, 12, 13, and in their life they never been to the lake. And it's like 10 minute bus. Sometimes when you see this, it's a bit shocking for a city like Geneva, where you think there, people have everything, but it's not the case. Makes the problems of the people invisible. So you cannot fix it, because for the people it doesn't exist. You used to be a social worker in some other area around here. Yes, let's go to Lignon. I was social worker over there.
in a neighborhood called Le Lignon. People looking at us with the micro, <laughs> with the <laughs> microphone. It's yeah. uh, unusual, I think, for here. It's like a small village, you know, 6,000 inhabitants. I used to work here. We are surrounded by 15-story blocks. Longest chain of blocks in Europe, from here to over there. It's absolutely gigantic. Hard to even put some scale on it. And like down over there. It must be like a kilometer long. Parisian banlieue kind of look to it. Yeah, les grands ensembles. It's yeah, the it's same, the same kind of buildings. We're basically in the kind of central park, close to the airport, yeah. as you can hear. Basketball court, football pitch, school, playgrounds, the supermarket, the local kebab shop where everyone was sitting outside and looking at us with, with <laughs> funny looks because they're wondering why we're here. We just saw like some guys that I knew from here uh, going to the swimming pool now because like it's too hot today. <laughs> That's why we, we cannot see anybody outside almost, you know. It's got a community vibe. Yeah. I will not say it's dangerous. It some doesn't people, feel dangerous. Some people say yes, I say no. <laughs> You're not from here, you have a microphone and it's no problem. Sometimes it, it happens shit like in every places, you know. At night, the young guys go outside doing uh, rounds and rounds with the motorbikes, drinking, playing music, making a lot of noise. Sometimes it gets a lot of tension because police come, they're throwing rocks at the police or fire extinguisher. This is the kind of problems sometimes happen here because like, they don't know what else to do, you know. <laughs> the main problem here is like uh, economical situation, the family situation. Some stories are uh, difficult to to live with, but I think it have a bad image. It can be problematic, you know. There is a festival here called uh, Vernier sur Roc. A lot of artists coming from like Europe, and we work uh, at this festival also with the kids. When you see a kid achieving something, then you are happy. You don't just do this job because you need money, you do it because you believe in something. Yeah, because uh, I was helped also when I was a kid, you know. So I wanted to do the same. There is a lot of special kids here. It's so inspiring to hear Lucas' thoughts on this place. It might feel ignored and very few outsiders go, but despite challenges, it's full of life, warmth and aspirations. Now, after an hour's walk around Le Lignon in the blazing sun, I am absolutely drenched in sweat. Luca told me to pack my swim shorts for today. Great shout. En route to the Rhone River to meet a good friend of his and cool off. Hello. Hey, how, how are you? you? Yeah, good to meet you. Good, good to, to meet, meet you too, Kenan. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a crazy spot. Wow. The whole city was... Quiet. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's here. here. Yeah, in summer it becomes the nicest city in, in the world. Did you take a swimming costume? Yeah, yeah. I got the brief. <laughs> we have, I'm gonna say Lake Geneva. Like normally it's Lake Léman, but we are very proud in Geneva. So basically the lake becomes the Rhone River. And then the Rhone flows through Europe all the way down to Marseille, basically. It's, it's incredible. We're on one side of the bank. I'm going to say 100 meters between here and the other side. Yeah, a huge cliff, which is probably about 40 to 50 meters high, filled with trees, beautiful greenery. The water is pristine blue, completely see-through where we are right now. It is akin to a beach in the Caribbean yeah, man it's, it's beautiful exactly, like it's a perfect you define it perfectly pretty sure you can drink this water look how clear it is <laughs> man I can't wait to go for a little dip in a minute you can start a bit further down there and you let yourself float and there's a bar right at the end so you do this basically all day just let yourself swim until the bar and just enjoy there and there's some DJ sets out there all of us are like a bit kids from the Rhone like this we all grew up here and like spend all our day here. I heard some hip hop, yeah. samba, Brazilian sounds, exactly. some Latin sounds. The reggae guys further down. There's an image you associate with Geneva, but actually the real Geneva is like this. Like it's very alternative. It's uh, really culture based. Everyone comes from everywhere. It's a whole different city than what you would expect. 
I'm originally from Norway, Sierra Leone, and my mom is Swiss, so I have those three uh, nationalities. I grew up in Freetown, Sierra Leone. I do a lot of music. I go under the name Rolf K. Also have a, a duo with Peko Jean called New Frika. Take influences from where I'm from, so like West African sounds, six to eight years ago. There started to be this wave with producers making music, rediscovering from where they're from and the sounds that come from there. Using very world music but with kick from house and 808s from trap. It's crazy how this kind of music now is so popular here. A couple people mentioned Pico Jean today, widely considered as one of the most important artists in the underground scene here. We're off to his house in Les Charmies neighborhood. Around this area, there is some uh, foster house for the people who just uh, arrived in Switzerland. There's a lot from Eritrea and Afghanistan now. It's the old crisis over there. Welcome. Nice. Come on, I, I show you. It's kind of a squat here. It was squatted by my uh, actual roommate. He negotiated with the landlord. Now we have like really small price for the house. And we live with uh, three uh, North African uh, friends. They are squatting and we are paying. <laughs> my name is Elias and my artist name is Pekojin. We are at my room. I'm a kind of bedroom producer. When I'm DJing, I'm playing only my songs, you know, and remixes. And I teach producing to some DJs here in Geneva, private lessons, and I do public and free lessons for uh, young artists wannabe in the, some popular neighborhoods. And by popular neighborhood, you mean uh, like social housing neighborhood? Yeah, but here in the buildings, it's socially mixed. We are the more social city in Switzerland, but it's not enough, you know for me. You have some North African roots. Yes, my mother is uh, Tunisian. I'm really inspired from my roots. I try to mix specific type of Afro house with North African melodies and drums. Have you got something you could play me? Yeah. A track that I am working on. I take uh, Arabic songs, take samples and I rebuild the sample. I recompose it. Was it Pico Jean I could hear? Exactly, yes. It's from the MC of Ozadia, Vodou. And now he wants some royalties in it because <laughs> I put it in every song. <laughs> I like this culture of tags. It's really hip-hop, you know. I'm a guy of the generation of internet. I just take YouTube and I can hear all the music from all over the world. Drums from trap, drill, melodies from India, Tunisia, Morocco elements of uh, Brazilian funk. Music is like a mix. This is typically Geneva mix. Do you think in a way you're in a privileged location geographically? Yes and no. I can travel all over the world with my passport and I know that privilege. My cousins in Tunisia, some, they cannot come to Switzerland to visit me. This is the biggest privilege I have. But living from the music in Switzerland is very hard because you need to have a lot of money to live here. So you have to work more than a friend that is in French, for example. And we don't have that social structures for artists. We don't have a wage structure. But I get that I'm a privileged person. There is something more. We are aware of that. In the alternative and underground scene, people like the story behind the music too. We say we produce bangers and poetry. But uh, a little bit more of bangers, I think. <laughs> Can you play me something else? With pleasure. Another little yes. work in progress. Yeah, okay. Something more 
chill. I take some uh, samples of the wood guitar from the Middle East and North Africa. It's a new kind of recipe I have. I speak Tunisian, I try to cook Tunisian, but uh, <laughs> I think I'm better by doing music. <laughs> <laughs> you cook your own sounds. Yeah. Is there a political message in your music? For me, yes, a lot. I did an album about the Tunisian revolution. It's important because I'm kind of an activist for some causes. Palestine, people with no paper in Geneva. People know me a little bit here in Geneva. So I can share information and I feel I personally have this responsibility. But I get it if an artist doesn't want to do that. <laughs> that was sick. Um, is, there, is there a musical identity here? You know, it's a really important question. What is our song? We don't have electronic music that defines Geneva or Switzerland. When you see Lisbon, I'm a fan of what's happening there. They have their style in the ghettos. And why? There is a big wave of immigration from the Angola. They bought the Kuduro. The Kuduro became more electronic. Now it's Batida, or it's called ghetto music from the ghetto of Lisboa. They have a lot in common before doing music. Maybe here we have some experience in common, but we all have our roots, which is not the same, you know. So maybe our music is world music, but we have to define it more. It's too blurry now. We need some time because we are not ready. And my goal by doing courses to other DJs is to build a common culture, something that's touch everyone's here, something that we can all be proud. But before, I need to fix my music, <laughs> but I'm still trying to do that. I think I can uh, show you one last track. Let's do one last one for the road. It's a cool track I did in Tunis. It's called uh, Kifesh in Tunisian. It means how can hear the word kifesh and alesh. Alesh means why. And basically during all the song there's a guy shooting how, why. It's Monday the 10th of July 2023 and tonight we dance with Fol Amour at Saint-Pierre Cathedral in Geneva's Old Town. I am well excited for it. We've got a bunch of stops before that though, talking music, politics and a bit of history. My kind of day to be honest. Right now we're heading out of the city centre to check La Gravière in La Jonction neighbourhood, a ground floor club which looks like a very old warehouse. Hello, Neil. Frank, nice, nice to, to meet, meet you. you. Ça va? Ouais, cool. Welcome. You have the main room? Like a lot of main room of club, it's a kind of a dark box <laughs> with the stage. We have a LED installation, 250 capacity. Then there is the bar. A club room too. More of a jungle vibe, I guess. Yeah. You've got some plants, five disco balls. 150 capacity, something yes, like that? Yes, here it's 150. Initially, it was um, storage for a petrochemical company. And then we took over. They gave it to us, the States, because they were a big squat and cultural center called Artemis in the city center, which have uh, like a club, a theater, a bar, and they closed it down. So thousands of people wanted to go out and an alternative place was missing. For everyone to go and not annoy the neighbors. Exactly. <laughs> It was supposed to last only one year, and now it's been uh, 11 years already. La Gravière is self-managed and self-financed, from mid-booker to the head of security to the uh, bar manager. Everyone has the same power of decision. There is no director, and we have horizontal hierarchy. Is this quite an unusual thing? In Geneva, not so much, but in Europe, I didn't heard any uh, other place working like us. I think that's coming from the squat history, 
because when you look at all the venue or clubs working like us, they have all the same history. They were supposed to last one or two years and they are still running on like for 10 years, even like 30 years. You have no boss, but that doesn't mean it's like anarchy. It's just like a really smooth way to work and a different way to run things. What does La Gravière feel like on a big night? People from all around the world, every nationalities, gender, and of course they are all dancing. What does it sound like? Techno, house, bass music, or dancehall, reggaeton, baile funk, hip-hop music. There's a big hip-hop scene in Geneva. Yeah, there is a big hip-hop scene, thanks to Colors Records. Big artists representing Geneva internationally, like Varnish La Piscine, Makala, Dime, or Simka. And there is also like other locals, people like uh, Chambleu, who initially play and sing in a punk band in Geneva, who was really famous. And now when you listen to his music, you really like, feel something, you will see. We are heading to the tattoo shop of local artist called uh, Chambleu, who is a singer and also a tattoo artist. You have tattoos? Yeah, I have one made from him. <laughs> There's some flash, then some stencil, ink, you know, everything. Tell me a little bit about your musical history. You weren't always making hip-hop music. I start very young. I do uh, punk rock, 10 years. In punk rock music, you have one big emotion, you know. You can get angry or you can get happy. Hip-hop, you can uh, touch something else, something a bit deeper, more uh, sensitive. Not black, not white, but something grey, you know? So uh, I stop the group and I start to uh, do uh, something chill, focus in the lyrics. Fais des pompes avec mes soeurs sur mon dos, là. Comme ça chez les Quite a big style decision to have auto-tune. Yeah, you know, people sometimes think it's very different but uh, if you think about it rap and punk is street music so the roots are the same you know the most punk thing i can do is stop punk rock music and uh, start singing with uh, autotune you know A man of few words. But the music speaks for itself, doesn't it? The local hip-hop scene in Geneva is in good hands, my friend. Not long before we head back to Saint-Pierre Cathedral, a couple more stops to do still, starting with one of the places Geneva is most well-known for. Couldn't miss it. We're meeting Titouan. I'm 25 years old. I'm working for the government at the public health office. And I did a bachelor degree in political science. And right now we are at Place des Nations, just in front of the European seat of UN created in 1945, at the end of World War II. They prevent conflicts in the world, especially war. They are also doing some works helping people for food and nutrition all around the world. What is it doing in Geneva? It's in Geneva because before there was La Société des Nations, the ancestor of UN based in Geneva, and because there are many other NGOs the Red Cross, WTO, also because here in Switzerland it's a neutral country, geographically in Europe, but not in the European Union. As someone who studied political science, is there anything specifically 
interesting about Switzerland politically? Our political system is very complicated because we have to vote like every month. We have different level, the federal level, which is Switzerland, also the state level and the city level. For example, let's say there is a neighborhood with a lot of houses and now they want to destroy the houses and put a building. We have to vote, agree with this or not. Uh, we want to put some trees there. Are you agree or not? Um, so it's like a referendum for yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you disagree with something, you have a bit less of one year to get 100,000 signatures and you can do a referendum. Yeah, it's amazing. We have the chance to decide almost everything in Switzerland. Yeah, but we have some interest group. They are very strong in Switzerland. A bit like unions almost. Yeah, and if a lot of people are against uh, something, but the unions are pro, at the end, the unions will win because they have a lot of power. So it's not like black or white, it's a bit gray. This absolutely blows my mind. I'd love to have more of a say on how my own country is governed. That'd be amazing. I'm sold. Right, the Circle Show kicks off in a few hours, so we're heading back towards the old town for a little bit of sightseeing and historical anecdotes. I've come to a little spot overlooking lots of trees with a very interesting <laughs> quote-unquote monument. Hello, my name is Amber. I'm an art historian from Geneva, born and raised, and we are at the Promenade de la Trey to enjoy the longest bench in the world from the 18th century. 120 meters. It's a green bench, two planks to sit on and one to rest your back on. And always controversial when they have to paint it. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, because we have to choose the right green. And it's in the newspaper, everyone is talking about it. Geneva people are always asked about things. And you know, in uh, German Switzerland, they still vote with the hand. Do they? Yeah, in little village. Everyone has to come the Sunday and people just uh, put their hands up and then they count. <laughs> when you're used to Swiss style of life, it's difficult to change. I think we're quite lucky to be asked for lots of things. We are at uh, La Place de Neuve, where you can see the beautiful theatre, opera, the Musée Rat, who's the first museum in Switzerland and one of the first museums uh, in the world. And here you can see... An interesting face with an interesting beard. Yeah, we're in front of Henri Dunant, the fondateur de la Croix-Rouge. That's the Red Cross in English. He's really an important personage in Geneva. He put the law in war. You cannot execute a war prisoner. So they put the sculpture at this place because there was the place where people were executed in Geneva until I think the 17th century. Lots of people don't know that he's here because of that. <laughs> Arriving at the Mur des Reformateurs, built uh, just before the First World War. If you look well, you can see that the sculpture looks a little bit familiar. It's because the sculpture are the one that also made the Christ Redemptor in Rio de Janeiro. And you can see it's quite a little bit the same. When you know, you can't not see it. <laughs> We're looking at a wall that's about eight meters high and almost the length of a football pitch. And there are lots of statues, three on each side and then a central one with four people standing on some form of podium. Calvin, Farrell, Blaise and Knox, the founder of uh, the Reformation Protestant, before it was Catholic and then... Calvin came here and uh, the whole city became Protestant, Catholic or dark history, and then he brings the light. So that's why he's in the middle and he's a little bit uh, taller than the others. Too. <laughs> Calvin was not really fun. It was really a dark time too. You couldn't play with cards. You couldn't go out after eight. You couldn't invite lots of people. You couldn't dance. You couldn't uh, play music. If you were drunk on the street, they would put you naked in a cage on the Place de Mollard, so that everyone can see you until you are not drunk. Oh my God. Yeah, because they don't want you to have fun, they want you to have faith. <laughs> You're coming at the event later on? 
Yes, I am, and I'm really excited. And I think it's really fun because it's in front of the cathedral. That's a Protestant one now. And I think uh, Kelvin will not really be happy about it. Probably end up in prison or maybe in yeah. a cage. Yeah, maybe There'll be a lot cage. of people ending up in the cage, probably. Yeah, yeah. probably the cage will not be uh, big enough for all of the people that are coming tonight. <laughs> all these people are going to drink a beer and think about Calvin and dance with his spirits. His angry spirits. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are, I'm standing in front of huge wooden doors the entrance of St. Peter's Cathedral and there is some serious warm-up action happening. I'm staring at about a thousand smiling faces. Everyone is incredibly excited for Folamour, who's going to jump on any minute now. And for me, this feels like the end of another very special trip in a very special city. It's been eye-opening. Hope you've enjoyed this little journey with us. For me, a thousand people in front of me and the entire circle team. Let's dance! Hello Geneva! <laughs> Woo! It's freaking hot tonight and we hope you guys are ready. Are you guys ready? Please make some noise for Fulamu! an amazing couple of days it's been to spend with you, Luca. I had a really good time. It was the first time for me to bring someone in this kind of places to represent other peoples also. Usually we go to see the cathedral and the lake and that's it. Thank you so much. I hope we meet again. I hope um, too. I wish you all the best. Thank you, Luca. Thank you. You too. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you for listening to Ecosystem Episode 3. It's been great to take you with us. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends. We'd also love to hear from you. Would you like more? Where should we go next? Email hello at cercle.io, spelt C-E-R-C-L-E. I guarantee you, we read all of them. This is our last episode of Ecosystem Series 1. But don't worry, we'll be back soon for more wonderful adventures. I hope you'll join us. Until then, from me, Frank McQueenie, and the whole team here at Cercle, take it easy. Bye.